Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Wednesday. It is March 9th. Um, yesterday was another kind of uh, up and down day. Uh, we, we did see a little green yesterday, but we just couldn't close there. We'll talk about that and more when Dave joins us in just a few moments. Before we do that, though, let me just remind you that uh, we can't control what happens in Russia. We can't control what happens uh, even here within the markets or our economy. But you do have control over how much risk you have in your portfolio. That's why we developed the core retirement design to help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. All you have to do is give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design. With that, we've got Dave coming up next. 105.7 Light FM. Yeah, we're here. It's 840, 20 before 9. Phillips, Statler, and I were trying to figure out what the most important thing going on in the world today was. My opening was this is either the biggest dead cat bounce or there were actually found market, market optimism for a little while. Let's find out what's going on with you and your money and your IRA and your 401k with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services on the line. Philip, good morning. Do we organize ourselves or are we going to wing this today? Hey, we've got it. Uh, hey, I think we've got enough stuff to talk about for sure. Now, what order it pops up in, that may be a different question. Absolutely. Well, let's start with the thing that we considered kind of a weird yesterday. You were talking about how the nickel market was going absolutely crazy. Uh, the story, as I heard it anyway, is they had two major players on the London Metals Exchange. One was selling short real big, and the other was selling long real big. They got into a war. And the price of nickel got up past $88,000 yesterday. That's up from where it had been hovering around the 44000 number at the end of it all. London Metals Exchange actually stopped trading in nickel after that. But you were talking about how a couple of Chinese banks got into real trouble on margin calls on the thing. Evidently, the uh, London Exchange just said, to heck with it, we're just not going to trade it for a couple of days until it settles down. Something just crawls out of the woodwork. We hadn't looked at nickel before and hadn't paid any attention to it and probably won't again. But it's kind of a strange thing going on this morning. It is. You know, you get things like that, that uh, somebody, uh, you know, that's what those traders do. And those guys, they're scanning for opportunity. And uh, and when they find it, they want to jump on it. And things like nickel, you know, the average person doesn't look at nickel. Uh, but obviously, there's a market for it. And uh, somebody was able to uh, capitalize on it. Yeah, the, the story out of London was there was primarily just two very big players that were warring with each other over shorts and longs, and because nickel isn't traded that monstrously heavily, it just completely warped the world market in a metal that I was trying to figure out what they did, and we were noodling it through. It's an, it's an integral part of uh, electric vehicle batteries, so it does mess up an important part of the world market, even though you know, the only use we can think of for it is small change that we don't spend much of anymore. <laughs> that's right. Yep. So yeah, we don't, we don't, we just don't talk about that metal very often. That's for sure. That's for sure. And probably we won't again once this thing settles down and the next thing that'll come up will be kumquat futures or something, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. There's always something that we, you know, surfaces every now and then. 
Oh, yeah. That was one of the odd ones that kind of came out of left field at both of us. Uh, the only macro report that came out this morning on the economy was the uh, mortgage application rate. And I actually found the release from the Mortgage Bankers Association because last week mortgage rates were mortgage uh, mortgage applications were down by seven-tenths of a percent, which I was hoping wasn't the beginning of a trend. No, they bounced right back up 8.5% increase over last week, which is good news, tells us it was a data point. But something I hadn't seen before was the comparison to prior year and the number of mortgage applications that were made this year during last week, 35.8% lower than a year ago this date, which really kind of surprised me. Well, you know, interest rates have gone up, Dave. I mean, look at the the 10-year Treasury is finally getting back up. Uh, You know, last night it bounced around 1.9, a little over 1.9. It's dropped a little bit, but it's still uh, right there at the 1.89. So it, it, it'll it bounce. Well, it's at 1.9 right now. So like I said, it's it's heading back up towards 2%. And we know the Fed is coming out sometime this, this month, going to raise interest rates at least a little bit. So interest rates are going up, which means the 30-year mortgage rate's gone up. So that's going to, and prices of housing hasn't come down. So I, I think that that's probably slowed that process a little bit. Absolutely. Everything being relative, I say on behalf of a real estate agent that advertises with us, you know, compared to eight, ten years ago, mortgage rates are still bargain basement, but compared to six months ago, they're up considerably. That's right. You know, it's all perspective and and when you're looking. And so but they're they're still at all time lows, you know, so it's still a great time to uh, to, to look at mortgages, just not what they were a year ago. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's like Walmart's not having a clearance sale right now, but you still get Walmart prices on your mortgage by comparison. So it's still a low rate. Uh, getting to the overall picture today, yesterday was kind of an off day again, but not one of those catastrophic off days. Dow fell another 185 points. S&P was down by 30. NASDAQ was down by 35. When we get to the futures this morning, I opened up our phone conversation before we went on the air by saying this is going to be the biggest dead cat bounce in history this morning because we're kind of skyrocketing this morning. You're kind of thinking it's because the uh, Russian oil boycott that Biden put through the other day isn't scaring the oil markets as much as we were afraid they were, huh? Well, it is retreating some. So we look at where oil is uh, or where oil was, you know, and now we are, you know, back below 120, you know, it had gotten up to I don't know. I think I saw it bounce above 130 yesterday. And so mm-hmm. it is down below 120 right now. It's like 118. And so that that's giving um, oil prices going down is helping the, the market overall. Interest rates going up means people are moving back out of the treasury market back into the stock market. Excellent. Understood. They're, they're responding to the fact that oil prices may be El Stinko, but they aren't going as bad as we were afraid they were going, at the very least on the short-term side. That, that, that's right. And so we continue to watch that. And it's been four days now of the market just really getting, uh, you know, pummeled. And so now people are, are looking for good deals, finding some and think, okay, we'll just uh, pick up some some deals now. Absolutely, because it's always conventional wisdom that when everybody else is selling, if you've got free cash and you've got a long term to look at it grow back again, a really big downtick like we've had over the last couple of weeks is a buying opportunity for somebody if they're looking at it in the 10, 15 year range because, well, 
you're not going to worry about what happens in the next six weeks. You're buying near the bottom. Even if you miss the bottom, you at the very least are going to be buying where you know there's a top end to it. That's right. And so, so I think we're seeing some of that right now. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw this, but this is one of the things that caught my attention this morning early on is uh, Bitcoin got a big bump yesterday, um, up like 8% at one point. And, mm-hmm. and, and I had to start looking to see why, but evidently our president has uh, issued an executive order that hit the U.S. Treasury page for a little bit, but then they took it down. Basically, working and my, these are my words on legitimizing uh, the whole digital currency process um, and, and instructing uh, government agencies to come up with policies and procedures uh, to deal with digital currency. Uh, obviously, it was a lot more than that, but but that was kind of the gist of a lot of it. And so, uh, obviously, the people that uh, that manufacture and, and trade and, and the digital currency, they like that information. And so Bitcoin was actually up like 8% overnight. Absolutely. It was interesting because the news item came out that Biden was going to. It uh, sounds like that press release went up a little bit early, but it certainly made a big change on the Bitcoin market. It was down as low as 35 for a while. I see it uh, right now on my delayed quotes hovering around 42 and change. It's nowhere near the 60 and 70 and 80 peaks that it was doing a while ago, but uh, a little bit of government intervention, if they can do it on something that's as disorganized as Bitcoin, like you say, it'll add some legitimacy to it and maybe a little bit of stability. Well, yeah, and and I think one of the things that I saw somewhere in that press release uh, as I was kind of cruising it was that – you know, that they needed to get on the same page of the rest of the world and the rest of the world is adopting it more and more. And so we need to put some things in place to protect uh, our citizenry uh, from any kind of malfeasance when we look at digital currency. And that's going to be the challenge just by the way that the Bitcoin and the uh, and the uh, you know, the e-currency of that sort is getting is transferred and records are kept. I'm not really optimistic that it's an easily regulatable commodity whatsoever. No, me either. That'll be, um, you know, that'll just have to work itself out over the next uh, long term years, I guess. Understood. We The whole pile of tidbits without a whole lot of overall trends to do. Uh, Ukraine, they've got uh, humanitarian corridors opened up by the Russian troops, but they lead into Russia and uh, and Belarus, which really goes over like flatulence in church with the Ukrainians. So there really isn't anything heavy going on over in Ukraine at the moment that's different from what we've had before. So we're kind of at the point of trading on circumstances we've already known a little bit about. So when you get an early press release up on the Treasury, Department website, it kind of makes at least one quarter of the market go crazy. There's a few reports that are out as we get toward the end of earnings season. Have we got any interesting indications this morning on the reports you've got? You know, we do have some interesting, and let's just kind of lead off with the thing that's losing the most right now, and that is Stitch Fix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're the style company that mails you an outfit and Hey, if you like it, you buy it. If you don't, you send parts of it back and just pay for what you keep. Um, now they did, uh, they, they basically, uh, came in at where they were expected. They lost 28 cents a share. That was what everybody was looking for. Uh, their revenue though, was better than expected top forecast. Um, and so here's the, the flying the ointment is that they had, Weaker than expected sales guidance. So they're still just having challenges getting customers to sign up for the service. 
And, you know, it's one of those things that they can't get that fixed. It's going to be hard uh, for Stitch Fix to stay in business because that is their marketing channel. And if they can't get people to sign up, um, then, then that's a problem. And, uh, and we see right now Stitch Fix is down uh, almost 20%, 19.6%. Right now it's going to open at a new 52-week low at $8.85. Um, down from the 52-week low of $10.29. So it's uh, it, it's getting hit pretty hard, Dave. And, and, and I don't know if it's going to be able to battle back. It's going to have to work on marketing. It's one of those business plans that I've always wondered is kind of swimming upstream in a day and age in which business people are cashing down as much as they are, whether or not trendy clothes for men is really something that's going to be a business plan that works all that terribly well. Well, especially since we're working from home more and more, right? So that, that's that also too. an issue that they're facing right now. But so let's kind of balance that with what's really beating the market today. What's really soaring? And that would be the Bumble company. Bumble. That's the dating service. Uh, yeah. So I guess people are getting back out there, uh, throwing themselves out there in the, the Bumble world, as we might say. Uh, they <laughs> made 13 cents a share. Uh, they were expected to break even. So, so good news for them. And, uh, and, and they have a uh, strong forecast for 2022. So Bumble is kind of the exact opposite of Stitch Fix. It's up 24% right now. Um, nowhere close to any kind of 52-week high or anything, but it's at $20.69 right now. So still a nice little bump for, uh, for Bumble. So people are dating. They just don't care what the other's wearing. I guess maybe maybe that's what it is. And so then we've got we've got a couple of companies in between, right? We've got Campbell Soup, uh, a stable consumer based product. Uh, they matched what they were expected to earn. Uh, revenue was in line as well, so they were kind of just not coasting along, doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, inflation is an issue for them. Uh, they, they continue to battle that, uh, but they uh, maintain their full year guidance. And so they're up about 1.6%, not, not bad for the news that came out of, uh, of Campbell's Soup. The other we had is Express, uh, which mm -hmm. kind of surprised me. They're the retail establishment. Um, they're up this morning. They had wider than expected quarterly loss, which gives me some, okay, why are they up so much? Um, but here's the deal. Their sales were better than expected. And their same store sales increased by 43%, um, double what the, the consensus estimate was. So that's, that's the rallying point for Express. Uh, and they're trading up 9.5% this morning. Cool. Glad to hear some good news coming out of the stocks. Resetting the table, it was a down day yesterday, not catastrophic. Half a percent down on the Dow, three quarters of a percent down on the S&P, and only a quarter percent down on the NASDAQ. I mentioned it sounds, it sounds like party time this morning on the futures. What are we looking at 45 minutes before trading starts? Dave, I'm going to say we are getting a nice, nice bounce this morning. Uh, and, the, and the thing I will say is I'm, I'm prayerful that we will keep this going the right direction, right? Because we've had a lot of volatility. So we've got the Dow up 1.6% right now. That's $511. S&P 500 is up one and three quarters. That's like $73. NASDAQ 100 is up 2.25%. That's almost $300. And the small cap Russell 2000 is up 1.1%. So everything is just looking great until we go to the commodity side. 
you know, give and take, right? So equities up, commodities down a little bit today. We've got silver down 2%, still in the $26 range. Gold, though, is back down below 2000 down 2.5% to $1,992 an ounce. Crude oil, going the way we like it to go, down 5% to $117.50 a barrel. Happy to see a down tick in that price. The overseas markets kind of follow us. Overnight, the Asian rim markets looked at what we closed at and said, oh, no, they all went down. Not monstrously. Chinese composite was down by 1%. The rest were down fractionally. Europe is looking at our pre-trading and going, hey, this could be cool. British markets are up by 1.7%. Germans are up by 5%. Uh, The French are still catching up. They're down by a little bit midway through their trading day. Stability counts for a lot, and sometimes we can't even explain the enthusiasm we see or the lack of it at times. And if you're five years away from retirement, that's got to be scary. How do I find you to take the risk out of my retirement plans, Philip? Then give us a call to walk through our core retirement design to help them design the retirement they always dreamed of by calling 863-382-382. 0037 and then catch the Sattler Financial Radio show this weekend 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730 and 95.3 FM and back here again tomorrow morning with a look at what's going on tomorrow morning at this time on Light FM Philip thank you so much we'll catch you tomorrow all right man you have a great day thank you it's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services Philip Statler Hey, folks, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope your week's going well, and I hope you'll join us again tomorrow morning, same time, same place. Until then, have a great day. Bye now.